Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, we join our Lord as he goes about the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And as he does this, encountering sickness, disease, and even demons. This morning in the gospel, we have our Lord encountering two blind men who cry out for mercy, and then a demon-possessed man who is freed by our Lord. And as we read the gospels, this is a common occurrence that in the presence of Christ, men's hearts are opened. They seek him for mercy. They seek him for life. They seek him to free them from their bonds. The gospel keeps going a little bit beyond what we had read this morning about how Jesus kept after these encounters going about the cities and villages But where he saw the multitudes, it was not just the hearts of men that were stirred and opened to him. It was he himself, the gospel tells us, that was moved with compassion. And why was our Lord moved for compassion? In one sense, it's very obvious. Blindness, physical maladies, demonic possession, real suffering. But the scriptures tell us that our Lord was moved compassion because of the weariness and the scattered state of the sheep. Why? Because they had no shepherd. As he is moved with compassion, he turns around to his disciples and he looks out at the harvest in front of them, the people there crying out for help. And he tells them the harvest truly is plentiful. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Men responding to God moving amongst them and God himself having already condescended to move amongst them being moved further, seeing their weariness, their scatteredness, their divisions, their lack of direction, like sheep with no shepherd. He tells the disciples that they need to pray that the Lord will send out laborers into the harvest. This past week, myself Father Stephen, Mother Beth as well, and Jeff as a lay delegate, were in Greenville, South Carolina for the Diocese of the South Assembly. This assembly, if you think of it, like we as a parish have an annual meeting every year where we pass a budget, where we have reports, etc. This is basically what, on a diocesan level, a DOS assembly is. That's on like the business side. That's the part where you kind of nod off to sleep because you stayed up to two in the morning the night before <coughs> talking, visiting. Because the reality in our diocese is that 
we're not alone in having the problems that we have. Say, Father, what problems do you have? Well, space. (laughs) That throughout the Diocese of the South, the weary and the scattered have been finding the doors of Orthodox churches. Record numbers of catechumens, not just here, we had 27 come in, but throughout the entire diocese, parishes of 20, 30 people have 15 catechumens. The priests are a little exhausted. They're wearied. They feel a little scattered. And coming to the assemblies is always to be able to see the good news. Also to trade notes. What are you doing about X, Y, and Z? How, how is your catechism class? Can you email that to me? Because I'm trying to deal with these three things and I need this help. But the reality of all of this is because there is wearied, scattered people who are looking for a shepherd, who are looking for a harbor, who are looking for some place to actually be able to lay down their burdens. And this, of course, in this diocese, in this parish, this is the vineyard of the Lord, as the bishop says during the Chisagyan hymn, which Bishop Grossom should be with us here in early October, when he asked the Lord to look down upon this vineyard that God himself has planted. The weary and the scattered come because God is working constantly with his presence. We exist to be the place where they can come in, where they can drop anchor, where they can breathe or let loose a sigh of relief that this is a place where they know that Christ is going to be preached that the scriptures and the tradition of the church are going to be held on to and that we are going to worship God in spirit and in truth in reverence that befits the orthodox tradition our Lord is moved with this movement towards him But what does our Lord tell the disciples out of his compassion? He tells them, the laborers are few, and we need to pray so that we can send out laborers into the harvest. Notice, the word that our Lord uses is laborers. Right? He is the great shepherd. Brothers and sisters, you and I are the laborers within the world. Now, what's at the core of the word laborer? Labor, work. We have work. We have good, incredible work before us. When we go to the gospel reading that is appointed for St. Anne, whom we are celebrating today, our patron, what does our Lord there say? No one, when he has lit a lamp, immediately covers it. Right? Why would you light it if you're going to cover it? You're going to... You light the lamp, and you find the best place in the house to put it up. Maybe we need to talk about camping. Maybe that's a better place where you've encountered lamps, because I'm sure many of you don't have lamps in your home. But you're going to put it right where you're going to cook, right? You're going to put it when you go into the tent. You're going to put it in the tent so you can actually see... Why 
Because we, in having been given the lamp of the light of the world, have a very important work. That is being able to set that light on a lampstand that can then shine forth to the entire world. This Tuesday, we're going to be closing on a piece of property off Watt Road, 7.61 acres, for $400,000, which, if you've looked at anything in the real estate around here, God gave us a deal. And then St. Anne decided that the closing was actually, because we moved the feast day today, the closing is going to be on her feast day. We go to St. John of the Ladder, if you ever see, go Google it, in Greenville. They have a beautiful church. They don't have 7.61 acres. They're already out of room. When they built that church for 250, and they had, I think before, 120, 130. Do you know what their Sunday morning attendance is now? This is three or four years ago they finished building. They don't have space anymore. Because when you build a beautiful lampstand... To be able to put the light there, people come. We have before us an incredible opportunity, gifted by God in the purchase of this land and to start looking to build, that we have land for generations. That we have the opportunity to do incredible work for the kingdom, such that our grandparents... We'll pray for our grandparents there, but that our grandchildren and those that we don't even know, their grandchildren will be able to have a place to pray, to be able to have a launching point, to be able to put another lampstand on the other side of Knoxville for everyone who drives over an hour this direction. This is going to take work. This is labor. And labor, I know many of us with labor, we have a weariness that comes from screen fatigue, right? Because a lot of us have white-collar jobs of looking at screens and then looking at other screens. So when Christ is talking about labor, he is not talking about Excel spreadsheets. Those are important little tools. He's talking about dirt, right? Muck. He's talking about real fatigue, and work. We have before us an incredible opportunity, but there's few laborers, and you and I are the ones called out into the harvest. Now, this lampstand that we hope to be able to set in such a place to provide light, it really depends on not just the building. The building is an incredible part. In the Orthodox tradition, we don't have this idea, does it matter where you worship? In one way, yes. It doesn't matter. You can pray to God anywhere. We could have liturgy outside. We did it two years ago. It was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> not just because of the heat. You could hardly hear, and then they were, hon- they, they were honking for Jesus over here while we're trying to pray for Jesus here. The reality that we in the Orthodox tradition, have an incredibly beautiful space to encounter God. Because you and I are not uh, machines or robots, right? We're not a computer with stick body, you know, like kids and they're drawing things. You and I feel, smell, we sense things. 
the light affects us. All of these things is why we build Orthodox temples. This is why attendance to the body of Christ, and I don't mean therefore the temple, but if the temple is beautiful and it's just a sepulcher, we've got a problem, right? You can have beautiful sepulchers because inside it's just dead. But you and I, brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ, need to hear what our Lord has to say in the rest of the gospel this morning after he tells us when you have a lamp, you don't hide it. You put it to where everyone can see the light. He says, therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. We have been given a lot. We are blessed. Our giving has been incredible. From us, we will be able to do incredible things by the glory and grace of God. But that take heed how you hear. Part of the challenge that we have going forward, besides the glorious challenge, is always going to be the challenge of change. Change is hard. Many of us don't like change. There's been a lot of change in the past few years. I don't mean just taking out walls and all of that, which was a good change. Half of you wouldn't be able to fit in here this morning if we hadn't done that. But the reality of change is something that's actually good. It means that we're alive, dynamic, that there are new faces, that there are new people to incorporate into the body. With this change, of course, comes experiments, hiccups, mistakes, gasp, right? There are things that aren't going to go so well. There's going to be an experiment that might be like, yeah, we're not going to do it like that again. Or why do we keep trying to... Because we're trying to find something that works. And when you have a living organism, it's going to have to take time to figure out. And some things might go away and some things might come back. But the reality of this change is always how do we seek the Lord? How do we seek each other with patience, love, and when it is necessary to forgive? Growth also means growing pains. That as we get to the size that we already are, there can become gaps. Sometimes people can feel like they are overlooked or that there is a kind of alienation that can come in because it's not like what it was before. This is why we have been trying the women's synaxis, the men's synaxis, and all of the other little things. And a lot of these initiatives have come from people coming forward. Sometimes it's me saying, we need to do this. But many times it's somebody else coming forward and saying, you know, on Thursday mornings, we have donut and coffee if you want to. It was Macrina who said, let's do the volunteer services thing. And she brought it up. There's always opportunities to serve. And I'm not the only laborer, right? All of us are laborers. All of us are called to this great harvest. That doesn't always have to mean front and center. That always doesn't have to mean doing great, you know, gatherings. It could be just having coffee with one person that you met that Sunday morning. 
Or at coffee hour, seeing somebody sitting by themselves and going over to them. Being able to reach out. And if that is difficult, then you should be in your prayer corner praying. You should already be doing that. But you should be praying specifically for us, for St. Anne's, and for the body of Christ. Our Lord, in the Gospel this morning, as he's teaching and preaching, his mother and brothers come by, his relatives come by, and they tell him, you know, your relatives are here, don't you want to kind of show them honor, redirect towards them? And what does our Lord say? My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. The laborers in the harvest, the ones who will be able to introduce the weary and the scattered to the great shepherd, the one whom provides relief, are the ones who hear the word of God, the ones who take heed to how they hear. And it doesn't just go one in one ear and then out the other, but that when they hear, then they do. They turn to prayer. They look for opportunities to be able to help. They put themselves forward as a living sacrifice that we had from Romans 12 last Sunday. This is what we see in the one who is specifically assigned to us, St. Anne. Each of us has a guardian angel. Every place, power, principality in the world has an angel assigned to it. This particular church has St. Anne, the grandmother of God. Let that paradox sit in. The grandmother of God praying for us. And she and her husband, Joachim, are incredible examples of laborers, of faithful. What does Joachim and Anna, what do they do? We're told before years of not being able to have children, we are told about them that Joachim and Anna kept 30% of what they made. The other 30% went towards the temple. Then the rest went towards those who needed it. Since Joachim and Anne were faithful, and God was faithful back towards them, we learn that in their giving, can you imagine giving 30%? But not just 30%, actually 60% or more. Joachim and Anna are without a child. And it is in their sorrow, in their weariness, in their scatteredness, that Joachim goes off into the desert and Anne goes off into a garden and there weeps for the lack. And this is where God responds in abundance. In the desert, he provides water. In the darkness, he provides light. He gives abundantly to those who give of themselves completely. So brothers and sisters, let us pray for the laborers in the kingdom. Let us pray for more laborers in the kingdom. Let us look to our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us take heed to him. Let us hear him. 
and let us act and become those laborers that he needs. God needs us to be those laborers for his sake. Glory to Jesus Christ.